Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to episode 254 of the AFTN podcast. I am Carl Robinson lookalike Joe DC. <laughs> I am joined by the voice of TSS Rovers and UBC Soccer. He knows where the exits are at all times. Gideon Hill. Sure. Welcome, lads. <laughs> and uh, opposite me, uh, FIFA scandal FBI informant Nicholas Ruprecht. Hello. <laughs> less say, less the less we say about that, the better yes. I think. Um, gentlemen, if you could buy Carl Robinson a gift after that terrible draw with LA uh, last weekend, what would it be, Gideon? I would buy him one of those professional cuddlers because he probably needed a hug after that game because of how tough it was and that they didn't get what they wanted. Is that like the pillow you put in your bed that like you can? It's like a body pillow. Or Enemy something? girl. <laughs> 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 we need a photoshop of that yeah we'll get on that for next week uh nick i would get him a copy of football manager oh. because that game trolls the hell out of you yeah. yeah that those kind of games happen a lot in football manager i would uh in in honor of the late great stephen hawking who passed away last week i would get him a brief history of time because as stephen hawking would say Space and time are the same thing, and Carl Robinson really needs to understand how to use space and time. Ooh, ooh. So there's my really roundabout gift for Carl Robinson. Well, right before we move on to the preview part of the show, which is what this show is all about, um, we're going to do a quick, quick, quick roundup of the last week's game against LA. In our own unique way, we play a game called Complete the Sentences. The first sentence is, I would rather blank than watch that LA game again. Gideon, what would you rather do than watch the L.A. game again? I would rather make dinner than watch the L.A. game again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. something I don't like doing a whole lot. We're learning more about you, Gideon. <laughs> Nick? I, I actually said cook a nice meal. Oh, <laughs> so a similar a, wavelength. Wow. That's a coincidence. Similar wavelength. Um, I would wa- rather watch Ireland play in a friendly than watch that L.A. game again. <clears throat> if anyone who's watched Dangerous. Ireland play in a friendly will know how bad that is. Sentence number two, I would have blank to change the game against LA. So what kind of a change would you have made to have influenced the game that you think Robbo didn't do? I would say less crosses. Mm. 
More to the feet. It was very frustrating to see the just head the ball. How many away. did they waste? Like thirty? Yeah. Something. something like that. Gideon? Uh I, I said I would have played Tybert. Oh against LA. Okay, we'll discuss and that later. The yeah. uh, whole Tybert thing. Okay. Um I would have brought on Blundell earlier to change the game against LA. Kamara looked like dead to me. Like he he looked he looked knackered really. Mm. Um okay. Uh thirds. Uh, sentence Perry Kitchen is the American blank. I wrote Arturo Vidal because the amount of times he brought down Davies was, was nuts. Uh, Nicholas? Um, because he played in Scotland, uh, Graham Sunis. Okay. Okay. Uh, Gideon? I said Perry Kitchen is the American warrior because he went from questionable in the game to a very solid player for LA. <laughs> okay. Very good. Um, Perry Kitchen is American, right? I, yeah. Okay. American, I didn't get yeah. that wrong. Good. All right, so let's move on to what this show is all about, previewing. So this weekend, the Caps are taking on Columbus at 3 o'clock on Saturday uh, in Columbus, possibly for the last time, sadly. Hashtag save the crew. Save the crew. Columbus are top of the East. For, like, I did not see that coming at all. What do you guys think? Did, like, Is that something you predicted, given that they lost Merum, they lost Ola Kamara, they lost Kakuta Mane? It's a bit of a shock, no? Yeah, I think... It's not expected, but then they do have a system in place. And it seems that they try to find pieces for their system, which we'll, I assume, talk about more in depth later. They do have a very well-defined system. Like, Berlhalter has his own stamp on that team, right? Yeah. It's really impressionable. Gideon, did you see this, uh, like, Columbus resurgence, I guess, Happening, they're tied for first in the East with with New York. Yeah, you know, I, it's hard. I, I did definitely didn't see it coming for sure. I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll say that. But I think honestly, they've deserved it after you know, uh, you know, a year last year they made the playoffs. But you know, they've had ups and downs with the Kamara thing last or a couple years ago, and it's just been you know here and there for them. So I think it's good they deserve to be where they are right now. And I think Berhalter has implemented a system that he started. He hasn't changed it, and that's where they're finding success. I feel like. If they do move to Austin, and like no one really knows for sure what the finer details yeah. of that are going to be, right? What like what do you think structurally that will imply? Like the players will carry over, the manager will carry over. Will the whole structure just be like dug out of the ground in Columbus and moved over? Or I mean, what do you think would be a better way to implement that? Even though it's already a basket game, I I think like if you look at the history of franchises that have moved, I believe. The Quakes moved to Houston at one point. Yeah, so like it's not unheard of in MLS for that to happen. And if I remember correctly, they they had a lot of success after moving mm-hmm. from San Jose. I, something I've seen on Twitter is like comparing Columbus's attendances to other teams' attendances, and they're not like they're not at the top, but they're not at the dead bottom either, right? Mm-hmm. Get in like you think it's like we we know a lot about kind of pre-court now and all that kind of like the stuff that was in the deal when he start wanted to own Columbus what do you think must be going through those fans minds right now you know I think for the fans it's you gotta just gotta take one game at a time and you know one season at a time you can't be always nervous about you know the next year what's going to happen because then you're going to miss all the fun and going to games during the year I think for me personally as a fan watching MLS that's what I would do I mean it'd be tough because you you love your team you've been passionate for so long they've been in the league for a long time so I mean, in that sense, it'd be sad, but you got to just keep one eye on the on the present as well and uh, just focus on the games, I feel like. 
Yeah, uh, just really quickly, um, like everyone's discussed this topic a lot. I don't think we can bring anything new to the discussion, but from your own personal point of view, a big um, like moral affliction that people have is, you know, it's Columbus's probably their last year in Columbus. Do you go to the games and give money to Precourt, or do you boycott the games and let Precourt kind of reinforce his point, right? It's really kind of a tricky thing. Just in like a couple sentences, what do you think you would do if you were in Columbus fans' shoes? If if I was in, in their shoes, I, I think I would go to the games. I think part of the, I mean, argument, obviously, if you're trying to to move the team is that it's not wanted here or mm-hmm. there's not a market yeah. for it. You know, that's, that's a big running argument that you, this person, you know, you can have. So I think it's important to go out and show support and show that it's not, it's not a dead, dead city. Yeah. It's not a dead sport you know, to, mm-hmm. to you, or that's how I would feel about it. Okay. Gideon, what do you think? Go to the games. Like, if you've been supporting them for years, boycotting a season won't really do much because, you know, you'll miss out on all what you've built the past two years with fans and friends at the stadium. Yeah. I, I also, I recognize that it's kind of a difficult spot, but I would also go to the games, I think. Um, and, you know, if Columbus keep playing like they've been playing at the start of the season, it could be a memorable one, albeit probably... Maybe the last one. I'm sure there'll be more developments on that story as the season goes by, but I think we can all, we all three of us here, stand behind the Save the Crew movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, let's focus on the game. It's it's the meat. It's why these two teams exist. It's all about the entertainment. Um, just to recap, Columbus's start to the season. As we said, they've started really well. Three wins and a draw, and they're undefeated. They beat TFC two 0 on opening day which I really enjoyed. I did watch the game. What Like TFC hangover or Columbus, you know, showing what, like where their standing is in the league or a little bit of both? Probably a little bit of both from, from my end because I know that TFC has been really focusing on the CONCACAF Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems they've been playing their first team there and then playing reserves on their other games for lack of a better... Uh, word and Columbus took advantage of that. They came in with a really smart game plan, I believe, during that game, making sure that there was no release valves for TFC, closing them down when they needed to, but dropping back when necessary. So I think they played it quite smart in in that first game. Gideon? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I want to give credit to Columbus because we'll talk about this in a second, but their standings, you know, they've had a good offseason, quietly one of the best in MLS, but I think, honestly, it's just TFC hangover. They made quite a, a couple late signings. Uh, they signed a catch day and uh, Aro, I think, late on in the transfer window, late on right before the season. So I think they started that game and they didn't really, you know, have a, a great game. And I think just as a team, it, it's hard to come back and after a winning year and think, you know, you're going to be the best team in the league and you come out on opening day and fall flat and don't even score a goal, even with a full lineup as well. So yeah. I think, yeah, Nick, Nick is right in that since the Champions League did play a factor, but again, you know, it's just TFC after the year last year. Yeah, well, they'll take the three points, Columbus, I'm sure. Um, and that's, like, one of their most difficult games out of the way, too. In that game, like, Zardes looked really, really sharp. He was one mm-hmm. of their big acquisitions in the offseason. They did have to give up Ola Kamara, but by all accounts, Ola Kamara wanted to go to L.A. He's looked so, so good so far. He's, like, three goals so far, leading goal scorer in the team. He really needed a change after LA. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. After playing, does he still does he still want to stay there though? With Zlatan? <laughs> <laughs> Who Kamara? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or do you want Zardes want to go back because of Zlatan? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. 
Zlatan and Zardes, the two Z's. Yeah. Um, Zardes is only 26 years old. That kind of surprised me. Like in my mind, he was a little bit older, but I, I, I think I still think Ali Ghazal is like in his 30s. But apparently, he's also like <laughs> remember, 26 remember, or 26 is yeah. the new 40, 40 or whatever. Exactly. I'll be 26 in a couple of years. Um, okay, Zardes looks good. You think their their main threat is Zardes, given his form right now? Mm, I think, yeah, I mean, he's obviously banging in the goals, but I think it's the system that's around that's him. That's true, yeah. The wingers, Higuain, you know, who can hit a ball like anybody else in this league. And he's been around for quite some time now, yeah. too. I mean, he's, what, 33, I think? He must be up there. He, he's getting up there. I <laughs> I'm going to stop saying players' ages because <laughs> I've gotten some... <laughs> <laughs> He's but, one of the older players. <laughs> and and who else do they have that can hit a ball? They uh, Pedro Santos has started the season really well. He's mm. um, On yeah. the website I was using, he was rated their best player so far. Um, mm. Playing off the right wing. I think his final ball was the issue last season, but mm. I think he's cleaning that up a little bit. And their back line too, right? Oh, it's, yeah. It's their back really line. And their, but their, D-mid, their mids, yeah. D-mids are yeah. fantastic. I mean, you have Artur, who, is, who came in last year, and he's been a fantastic defensive player. I think this year he's almost had, when I looked it up, some stats, he had like five tackles per 90, which well, is quite good. you know. And I mean, that's his job is to win balls and then get it over to Will Trapp, who can, he can pick a pass, you know. Gideon, the main threat on this Columbus team, or is it more of the system that we were talking about? Yeah, it's definitely the system. I think they haven't signed a player that's, you know, going to be the best player in the team. They've signed players that are going to be strong together and they're not a they're not a one-player team they're a, a team that has good defense good midfield good build-up and a good attacking core as well yeah we talked a little bit about the like the depth of the team we haven't even mentioned will trap oh, I did. oh you did. Um, <laughs> will, will, will trap and arthur um nick is not part of the collective we which is me and gideon no. <laughs> um their back line looks great harrison a fool Oh, who is a great yeah. player. Uh, yeah. uh, Valenzuela, left back. Um, mm-hmm. Lalas Ab- Bakar and yeah. Jonathan Mensa. Um, Mensa. They've been he, getting better. Though, yeah, I think. Yeah. Mensa has a mistake in him. Yes. Like, sure. I think every, both of them yeah. have serious. They've had shown serious mental lapses. But they're a unit, right? They're yeah. a, They're a back four. They're not mm-hmm. a group of individual defenders, mm-hmm. right? They work very well together. Yeah, they do tend, I think they do tend, I feel like, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they do tend to give a lot, away a lot of silly fouls and things that are kind of unnecessary. My, but then, my lasting image of Jonathan Mensa is standing over someone that he just tripped while complaining to the referee that that was not, <laughs> no way was that a yellow card. That's like my mental image of Jonathan Mensa. Uh, Gideon, any thoughts on this like system that we talk about? Like we, it's a four-two-three-one, and they counterattack fast, and they're powerful. And they, but they push up a lot of numbers as well. Yeah. And they like to play through the width, like their fullbacks yeah. and their wingers. Gideon, any insight on that? On more on that system? Yeah, I think I'm gonna get a bit of insight on their squad as well because I was doing the, the prep for the show and I noticed that they signed it. Basically, they changed four players for four players that were equal or better. So they got Valenzuela a DP deal for Waylon Francis, mm-hmm. who's now in Seattle and has not played that much. Mm-hmm. They uh, kind of got Zach Steffen, who was a backup last year, played a little bit over Steve Clark, and now Clark is gone. Steffen's pretty seamlessly gotten into the goalkeeper role. Mm-hmm. Goalkeeper, rather. Zardes comes in. He kind of replaced Kamara for sure. Like, that's not a doubt about that. And then they re-signed Will Trapp. 
they uh, signed, uh, I forget his name, Sosa, and then they lost Mira Bandane. So that is honestly one of the like the quietest offseason in the league, but one of the best for sure. Mm-hmm. I wonder why those big players like Kamara and Miriam wanted to leave. Do you think it had anything to do with the well moving to Austin next year thing? or It could could be that, I think, but it could also be when you start putting up numbers when you're in a system, Yeah, it can be that you start to believe your own hype in a sense, Maybe. right? But Miriam's a good player. Yeah, he's a good like, player. Not not I, only was he one of the former do-you-know-who-I-am's, he also had a great <laughs> postseason. <laughs> Um, yeah, like really deep team, you know. Like I was looking, mm-hmm. just looking at their roster, like just good depth everywhere. It's kind of the the model that MLS teams should kind of follow, no? And you know, successful postseasons and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they and they they have been playing well. Just to finish up their um, and they, yeah, they play a fun brand of soccer ex- yeah, for sure. Good to watch for a change. Um, just to finish <laughs> up the the other games that they played this season, they beat Montreal three two at home, which was a great result. They drew nil nil with Philly in Philly, and then last week they beat DC United three mm-hmm. one. And you know, high scoring games, and they seem to be on the right end of it most of the time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the only thing that I would say is that Montreal game. They were dominant for like the first 20, 30 minutes. And then they kind of stepped off the gas and stopped being as aggressive as, you know, they really should have been. And that allowed Montreal to get back into the game. Because after that, I've, when I watched that game, I felt that Montreal dominated after that, you know, 30-minute mark, uh, 20, 30, 20, 30-minute mark. So I think the question is, I guess, you know, in the last two games, obviously, they've shown their mentality. They've been able to come back and they were able to come back in that game too so it, it seems like it's a team that even when perhaps they shouldn't be winning they're able to find a way to win anything to add to that Gideon no I think for sure what I have written down here is that they are fantastic results for a team that wasn't expecting to probably win more than one of those games Philadelphia away yeah they're not having the best start Montreal at home probably winnable game DC yeah for sure but Toronto I don't think like we said, it was kind of a shock, but again, a great start to the year for them. Not take nothing away; they haven't lost in four games, so a big test for the Caps on Saturday. Who do you think is favorites for the game on Saturday? Oh, I think I think Columbus could do it. I, unfortunately, I think so too. Gideon? Yeah, I, I think Columbus will do it. As the Caps have had a great record there in the past few years, but I think it's Columbus's time to shine. But stylistically speaking, for okay, the Caps, we all know how they're going to set up, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it more later as far as personnel goes, but style-wise, we know how they're going to set up. And I was thinking of how Columbus would attack that kind of style, and then I just thought, you know, Whitecaps are the kind of team Columbus hate playing playing against. Yeah, I mean, They can't find the space. Like, Zardes isn't a, you know, passy-passy, like, finish kind of a player. He's like a break-forward and, you know, one-on-one with the keeper and see what you can do kind of a player, right? Do you think if Robbo tried to play for a draw, he would probably get that draw? Do you think so? Yeah, I, I mean, I could even see the Whitecaps winning, especially considering how aggressive Columbus is as a team and how far forward you know they can push up their fullbacks. Yeah, and it goes back to that whole hey, if you can isolate Davies one on one, yeah, and against one of those center backs, you know. Mensa, you know, might get a red card. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. If, if it could happen, it could happen. That could be. Yeah. We'll talk a bit more about the Caps game plan or what we think the Caps game plan should be pretty soon. 
feel me? And we ain't got no basketball team. We ain't got no football team. So everything's yellow. Columbus Crew swag, baby. Yeah. Yellow gold, yellow shoes, yellow beach, Columbus Crew. Yellow diamonds, I want a yellow coupe. Yellow swag, Columbus Crew. Yellow swag, Columbus Crew. Yeah, yellow swag, Columbus Crew. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN podcast, episode 254. Uh, we're previewing Columbus away uh, on Saturday, uh, just in case you didn't know. There might be curling on before the game or something that <laughs> might interfere with the TSN feed, but it, that happens. And now, it's t- now it's time for my favorite part of the show. Do you know who I am? Okay, gentlemen, do you know who I am? Again, my favorite part of the Joe show. Joe Deasy. <laughs> that is me. Um, so, for those of you who don't know how this works, I give clues about a player. After every round of clues, each player can have a guess. They have to say stop if they want to guess. And uh, the first person to get it wins. I believe the season standings are 3-1, 3-1 to yeah, Gideon, um, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm losing here. Don't let it get to your head, Gideon, okay? It's a long season. We'll probably do, what, like 35 of these preview shows? <laughs> it's really going to add up. Okay, I've upped the difficulty level because Uh-oh. Gideon has been royally pissing me Uh-oh. off by getting these way too early. <laughs> so, That's not uh, good for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Clue number one. Oh, actually, I've taken some stuff away from some regular clues i give so i'm not giving you the birthplace this week for oh, okay i was born on february 19th 1983 okay and for people who ask why i give this clue you can figure out the player's age if you know how to do math in your head <laughs> um my last name translates to little forest in my language <laughs> no guesses I, I got nothing so far <laughs> okay my last MLS team was New England. Stop. Gideon? Hershey Colties? No. <laughs> Clue number four. I've played in my native Asian country, Norway, Greece, Canada, and the US. I'm very pleased we've gotten this far this week. Norway. <laughs> Greece. So, I've played in my native Asian country, Norway, Greece, Canada, and the USA. Okay, clue number five. We've never made it this far. Well done, everybody. <laughs> I was traded for a fourth-round MLS draft pick to New England from Vancouver. Okay, clue number six. I now play for Las Vegas Lights FC. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I paid more attention to that game. <laughs> there, was, there was too much going on in that game. That's true. Yeah, okay, all right. 
last clue. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Um, I have one cap for Japan and thirty caps for the or appearances for the White uh, Cap. Stop, Nick. Diego Kobayashi. Yes, it is. Oh. Diego Kobayashi. <laughs> Nick. Yeah, he he was he was in that preseason game. He was actually part of that. Team. I did not know he played in Norway. Wow. Yeah, he, he played for uh, Stabæk. Wow. And okay. uh, then he played, and he played in. in Greece? Yeah, he played some yeah. some weird team in Greece. That, well done. <laughs> see that in my mind when I thought of like when I used this game, I thought I thought this was more like what it would be. Well done, Nick. It's now three two. Okay, fantastic. I yeah. thought you were gonna do the win again because I was confused with the eight. Oh man, no, he can't. He actually, can't double up. Actually, that would be cheating. A hundred, a hundred percent of the time that Nick wins the games, he pronounces the player's name wrong. wrong. So that's what I gotta do. I just gotta be like. Uh... <laughs> Okay, very good. Will Tarp. <laughs> Will Tarp. <laughs> he covers more ground than a tarp, that's for sure. Okay, uh, that was this week's Do You Know Who I Am? Okay, welcome back to the AFTN podcast, episode 254. Um, we're going to look ahead now to the Caps side of things for the Columbus game away uh, this Saturday. Quick question before we get into the, the details. Um, are the Caps meeting your expectations so far? I would actually say they are exceeding expectations. Okay. I think as of today, as of recording, I think they're second in the West. I think they're second in the West. Yeah. So... I mean, maybe it's just the Western Conference this year is terrible. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> but, you know, I think considering the turnover that we had mm-hmm. and the, you know, you know, I would have been happy simply with just the playoff spot. But I think second in the West is, but is quite But a lot good. of teams have had a bye week, right? Like That's it's, true. It's That's not, true. There's not been... A, some teams are like have yeah. played only two, three games. But, you know, the position is still valid. The position is yeah. still valid, yeah. Gideon? I think exceeding, honestly, when have we had this good of a start to a season, you know, playing this many games away from home in the first month or so of the season, yeah. I can't imagine or remember at this time where we've had, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't had three road games and two home games in the first month of the season and done this well and won two games. Yeah, I, I do think it's gradually kind of not regressed to the mean, but, like, the happiness of, of which of which I'm with with the season it's gone down a little bit like that Atlanta game you know things that are out of our control or the Caps control yeah. then there was the home game against LA you know really should have gotten yeah three points should have done but you know that doesn't you shouldn't tarnish the results that were really good beforehand either right the yeah. game against Columbus was a huge result mm-hmm. um and then the the home opener as well fantastic game fantastic result I, you guys both said you ex- exceeded expectations. I'm going to go with they're matching my expectations as of right now. Okay. If they if they get more than a, if they get more than a point in Columbus, I'll happily say that they're exceeding my expectations. Mm. They just need to correct what happened last weekend in my mind. Yeah, they need to like make up for that in some way. And like position wise in the conference, I know it's really early to be looking at this, but you know, looking good, right? Yeah. Um, best player so far. Mm. Um, for me, uh, either Kamara or Davies. Okay. But I would give like I looked I looked at the stats that they they have or whatever and I, I I'm gonna have to go with Kamara you know and I threw a lot of shade at him <laughs> in the <laughs> the first preview 
But, you know, got to eat my words. He's two goals, one assist in like 230 minutes or yeah. something like that. Sounds right. Sounds about right. And I looked at his stats for like the aerials that he's won per 90 minute. And it's like he's won 7.3 aerials. A game? A game. Holy crap. <laughs> which is huge. Yeah. And that is exactly what the Whitecaps needed. Yeah. So like he's doing the dirty work that he needs to do. And he's getting rewarded for it. So for me, that that's the best player so far. I would say uh, Ismail Alpha. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Davies, uh, for sure, for me, has been, you know, he hasn't had a fantastic game since the Montreal game. I think he's been very good against Houston. He played very good against LA and, and or, sorry, Atlanta. But, again, he's been our most stipe, or our most, I guess you could say, even player. He's played even throughout the, the first four games, and he's been the player that's kind of stood out and hasn't had, you know, a fantastic game, but again, he has not had a bad game, and he's been pretty even in that sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with, like, both of those assessments. Those are the two front runners, right? But uh, as, as far as, like, someone who I didn't think would make as big of a impact or be as good as I thought, I think uh, Aha looks pretty good, Jose Aha. Oh, yeah, he like, had a great game. If, he, game. if his job is truly to replace... Waston, then we have found a really good replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think long term we could really see the benefits of that, um, especially with the Parker's uh, contract situation, right? Like how much we would have ended up paying rather than how much we're like we we gave up to get Aha. I think that was a very good deal. Good. So moving on, what like from a tactics point of view, what does this team need to do to get the best out of Davies? Like, mm-hmm. is there like a formation that we've seen him? Is there a position that we've seen that makes him the best player that he can be? Or like, do you want to flip this on its heads and say we should not tweak our formation to get the best out of one player? Or we could go back to our favorite home and away discussion again if you want. Yeah, I think for me to get the best out of Davies, you need to play him on the wing, I think. I mean, he's shown that he's very versatile. Mm-hmm. And that you could, you know, I think you could, they've played him at left back recently, you know, like, but I don't think you're getting the most bang for your buck if you're putting him in more defensive roles. Can he do them? Yes. Sure. Yes. But when he gets out on the byline and he's beating you for pace and he's whipping in crosses, that's what he's fantastic at. And... In a sense, it's really good for the system that we have because we have a de- counter-attacking system. And that really plays into his strengths yeah. of like sitting deep. There's tons of space for him to run into. We have, hopefully, you know, this year I feel like we've had better passers of the ball yeah. going it's long. It's been more ball to feet in some yeah. certain situations. Yeah. He, he leads the team for dribbles and or is up there in the league for dribbles or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. I think Farhan, Farhan uh, t- tweeted something like that. Gideon, what do you think? Tactically, what can we do to get the best out of like our most promising and arguably our best player? Yeah, I think Nick hit the nail on the head with, you know, we don't really need to change our formation. We need to change the way we play in the sense that I think we have the right players to be alongside or behind Davies with Dion. Dion likes to push forward quite a bit. The reason I think that I'm touching on him is because I think he needs to stay back and let Davies go forward more because if we're going to find success with Davies, he needs to be more defensively responsible because when Davies is alone on that left side, he pushes forward quite a bit, leaving a big gap back there. So I think if we play forward at the back with DeYoung and behind Davies, that's when we're going to find the most success and get the most out of him. 
from my perspective, there's something I would like to try. I'm not going to say it's going to fix all the problems, but just something I'd like to see Robo try. And I think an away game is the perfect game to try this in. I would like to see Davies on the right mm. with, okay. with Nerwinski right. behind him. And mm. my logic for this is if Davies bombs forward, right, mm-hmm. and that part of the field becomes stretched, our faster fullback is Nerwinski, who's on that side as well, who could get back if the whole team cover, is pushed up a little bit. More, yeah. Or you have two pace options. If Davies has the ball, he gets in a little bit of a rut. You pl- you, Nerwinski goes with his overlap, which he needs to start doing more of this season. And we have another fast player breaking forward, and we can get the ball to the byline or you know move on to the next phase of play. Just something I'd like to see tried. He's looked great on the left side. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's broken at all. I'm just saying that it's another option that we could look at because I think yeah. right wing has been our problem position this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't find the right player to play there. Reyna hasn't looked good there. No. Uh, Tachera had an okay game. At home. But also he wasn't that doing that. Yeah. He wasn't being really effective. He had so many balls over the top against LA, but he just didn't. Yeah, but to be fair, we shouldn't be playing balls over the top to a guy who's like... You know, so I think, I think we, we mentioned we mentioned that in a previous pod, and now I can't stop noticing when they play a long ball to Tuchera. Yeah, they I do know. it so often. They but, do it way too... You know, well, it was like our main route forward against LA. Yeah, I know. But that's, I think, a problem with that game, which we probably should get <laughs> yeah, into. It's not but our like, job. It's Sunday night, listen to yeah. CITR radio for that yeah, take. But I think that either the teams are giving us that option... And saying, yeah, pass to this short guy. Go right ahead. Try and long ball. But, like, I wouldn't... If I was playing against him and I knew that I'm playing... I would say, yeah, sure. Let but this, it's, it's, yeah. Not, it's not a long ball to his head. It's a long ball, ball to his o- feet. Yeah. Over it's supposed it. to go to his feet. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's supposed to go over the fullback, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's a valid game plan. It's just that I don't think he's been effective, right? And mm-hmm. Reyna, for some reason, can't get in the position where we are talking about that as a game plan, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he drifts inside, and then he wants to play in the 10 position. We don't really play with the 10 anymore. Like, it's, like, mm-hmm. not really a... I don't know. I think there needs to be some scrutiny of that position. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, like, notice, but we still have a beanie on the, on the on roster. The roster he yeah. hasn't seen a blade yeah. of grass this season yet. Like, could we try him there? I don't know. It's That's, that's our problem position for me. Three at the back this week, or stick with a four, four something. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put it out there. Someone was going to ask. Okay, how do you counter Columbus's threats? Do we sit deep as always, or do we try something different? I, I think it's you know that Columbus is going to come at you aggressively. You know that there's going to be space behind the fullbacks. So your best option of countering them tactically is by getting ready to break into that space, making them more cautious, making them, not giving them that opportunity necessarily. Let them play with the ball. Which the back, which you know? player or which part of the field are you saying break for it? Is it just Davies or it's, is it Davies and Kamara? Well, it's Davies and Kamara. Okay. I mean, Kamara is going to be, if you're going to boot it up the field, Kamara is going to be the one to he's get your, it to you. He's your man. But if you're playing it over the top into space, you shouldn't be playing it to Tichera, you should be playing it to Davies, you know, like... Gideon, is there an argument for Breck Shea to start this game because of like his goal that he scored, his build-up that he can break into space? Mm. Is there that discussion to be had? Uh, I think I don't want to. I'll, I'll say without you know kind of giving away my lineup too much, but I think you know Nick or sorry, you mentioned about Abini. Like yeah, I think he deserves to play this game. He hasn't really. I think he only came on as a sub in the first game against Montreal. Like it's 
Shea, he's a different player at home and away, and I think you know he could play in Columbus. There's nothing wrong with that, but I, I would like to see being playing there just because tactically wise, you know, he's a little bit faster than Shea, and I think he suits that right wing pretty well. If we were to play Davies on the left, mm-hmm. Shea has long strides though. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah, get, okay. he doesn't run; he gallivants. <laughs> but speaking of a player who, what about Hurtado as well? Yeah, that's a valid. But you see. This is one of those things that we don't know as people who are outside of the team, mm-hmm. right? How is Kamara's fitness levels, right? Yeah. If if yeah. he was at like ninety percent, I would sit him this game, mm-hmm. you know, and let Hurtado have a go. Hurtado. I mean, earned... Hurtado's also scored yeah. in Columbus only, before. Yeah. You know, he only um... has one goal less than Kamara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of Kamara, it'll be a. a uncomfortable return it's not his first time going back to columbus since the whole penalty thing i actually watched that uh clip back just before the show just to remind myself like the ins and outs of what was going on mm-hmm. higuain is still there so you know there might be something interesting those two players probably won't meet on the field much at any point but kamara has not minced his words so to speak uh regarding returning to columbus to play for the whitecaps you guys worried that he might get carried away? Do we have to play him because he's been saying these things? Or, like, is that kind of a way of him making sure he's in the team? That's probably too cynical. But uh, what do you think? Expect fireworks, Gideon? No, I think um, Kamara is a professional. He's been in the league for, you know, a long time. He knows when to put his head down and work, and I've seen that before. You know, he sometimes as a fire player with the celebrations, and he'll, he'll make a statement, but I think... Honestly, if you were to, you're on a new team now in Vancouver, you know, New England didn't really work out, but if you want to stay, you know, on this team for a couple of years and you want to show that you're really, you know, one of the better players in this Whitecaps team and, you know, play like one, at least you got to, you know, put your head down and work and get those headers like Nick said, win those aerial battles, put the ball in the back of that, you know, go celebrate, but don't, you know, play, you know, fire, like get a yellow card play your game, don't change your game just because, you know, something happened in the past like that. But as far as player interview goes, this was, like, pretty pointed, you know? They're, these guys are media trained to within an inch of their lives, right? And, like, he said, like, no love, no love for Columbus was one of his quotes. If I was the commissioner, I'd probably move them to Vegas. Like, you know, I kind of had mixed feelings here listening to that, right? Like, I'm, I'm a fan, first of all, so... I'd yeah. want to, like, I think Columbus fans wouldn't be very happy if they heard that, right? No, but I guess, like, that whole situation just left a really bad taste in his mouth, Yeah, you know, with that organization. But, I, he, like, okay, if I was a Columbus fan, who would you back, you know? Higuain is your penalty taker, and Kamara wants to take a penalty in a game that they were winning 3-1. You know, like, seems like not it's, that it's big a of a deal. Of, in, in a sense, I mean, like, I, if it was rec league soccer... Yeah. You know, who cares? That's happened to us in our right? team, Nick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, you know, I get it. It's like professionals. There's pro- There's money involved, and then it gets more complicated at that point. In That's sense, true. Right? I didn't think from the goal bonus perspective. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay, we've had a question from Rituro, not about football manager this week. He said, "Why, why should we have faith that a team that couldn't score at home against a weekend opponent?" will manage to score away at a full-strength opponent. And this sparked a uh, debate in the Twitter timeline that seems to be happening every Twitter or Whitecaps Twitter feed that I see this week. I, my personal answer is because uh, LA bunkered down and put 10 it, men behind the ball. Columbus won't do that, and that suits us way yeah. better. It's Whitecaps judo, basically. <laughs> We're going to use the other team's momentum and wait against them. It's a very right? good... 
It's a very good way to put it, actually. Gideon, any uh, thoughts on the question from Arturo? Yeah, I think, honestly, for me, you know, he has a fair point, like I said on Twitter. You know, it's a fair thing to say. Why should we have faith in this team? Well, we've seen it time and time again. Whenever the Whitecaps ever played well against a depleted team, it, we talked about it last week in the podcast, everybody talks about it. You know, there's never going to be a game where you're going to beat a, a, a depleted team 5 nothing. It's just not the mindset the players, you know, have going into those games. Is you know, they, they play to win, but they're not playing, you know, like they're playing a, a full-strength LA team. And I think, for me personally, just have to look at the Houston game earlier this year, you know, a full strength Houston team as you talked about they didn't miss any any players. That's why yeah. you have faith. You know, they won a game you didn't expect them to win. And that's why I think Whitecaps fans should keep the faith in the team right now. Mm-hmm. And soccer is a low scoring game. Yeah. So whenever your games are low scoring, there's a good chance for upset. Um yeah, okay. We'll talk um we're gonna talk go through our lineup like we always do, or what we think the lineup should be later. But uh interesting kind of trend we've been seeing is that Russell Tybert he, I think he sat the last three games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no word of an injury. It is Vancouver Fashion Week, so maybe mm. he's busy there. Um, Showing off a new haircut. Maybe yeah. I have. I do follow him on Twitter or something, and he wears weird, weird clothes. Uh, <laughs> like, fashionable, Joe. They're fashionable. I, I don't think he's lost his place due to a performance or anything. Like I think the first no. top couple times. I, I think in Atlanta, he. I understood why he was dropped because um, we're playing. Three five two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or three five one one. Is this a game we see him back, or is I, it working without him? I just feel like there's too many midfielders in front of him. At Felipe arriving was yeah, not good I, news. For I think that is what knocked him down the chart. Yeah, one just enough of a slot that he's no longer going to be seeing as many minutes as perhaps he should, because he's demonstrated that he can do it. Yeah, you know. Gideon Tybert back in for you? Yeah, I think it is. The reason I, I have written down that he missed the last two games is because of tactics. Honestly, you know, as Nick said, the 3-5-2 plays into it. But I don't think they would have re-signed him if they were going to sit him on the bench, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start him for the first game of the year, then sit him on the bench. I think he's here to play. And for sure, maybe Felipe or whoever is ahead of him on the depth chart. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't get to play. You know, if you're signed to a contract extension, there's a reason for that. Yeah. And I think after last year, yeah, there's reason for disappointment. But this year, I know he's here to play. And we have different players now instead of just playing, you know, say last year, Lava, we had been playing, you know, in one role that he wasn't comfortable with. But Ali Ghazal is back. That can come in. Ali Ghazal was on the bench uh, on against LA. Like, mm-hmm. could, yeah. could that see Tyreek sure. fall even further down the pecking order? Yeah, I, I feel like it will. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because he had a great start and I thought that he had put enough of a stamp to be like, Hey, I can do everything these guys can do. You know, I can't remember him playing this well for more than a couple of games. So that's why I was surprised to see him dropped really. Are the caps getting a little bit too predictable on the road or is it just a case of like predictable, but there's not much you can do about it kind of a thing. I, I would go with your second option. Yeah. It's predictable, but guess what? It gets results. Yeah, Barcelona but, are predictable, but they, but they get results. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> if it if it if it it's if it gets a result, and it's on the road. MLS is really hard. I feel to get points on the road because of 
the the travel distance all the teams have to go through scheduling scheduling the depth of the team you know past your first 11 or 12 players you know that you don't have that much depth and usually road games are a good chance to experiment try something new so i think yeah sure whitecaps are predictable on the road but who cares get in is it good that we're predictable or bad like no it's you know it's good it's a good predictable you know as nick said you know, we're predictable, we're getting results, and that's the thing that matters, you know, if we start losing games and we're predictable, then yeah, there's something wrong, but if you're predictable and you're playing the right style, teams can't figure you out, and that's the right kind of predictable you want to be. Or at least maybe they can figure you out, but they can't counter, you know, like, yeah. yes, the, yeah. you know, because a lot of what the Whitecaps rely on is that one mistake, or two mistakes that that other team makes, Yeah, and you can't get rid of those mistakes over you know, the course of a game, there's always going to be mistakes. And the Whitecaps are just better at, in a sense, taking their chances on the road. So Waston's back this weekend. Who goes beside him? So Yeah, good question. <laughs> Mons has been okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aha has been good, like mm-hmm. uh, better than, like pretty good, I would say. Uh, my personal choice would be Waston and Aha if we're going with the, with the two center mm-hmm. backs. Uh, Gideon, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be Waston and Mond. Waston and Mond. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I just did a quick height comparison in my head. They're all pretty tall, so we yeah. can't have like a big, small kind of a thing. No. Uh, Nick, who do you go with, Mond? I, or I would agree with Gideon. Okay. Because I think that Waston and Mond had, you know, they at least had some sort of chemistry. They had some sort of understanding, mm-hmm. and they did well together. And if Aha is the Waston replacement, does it really make sense to play him with Waston? No, I said Parker. Or Parker, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what? Maybe, not, maybe he will Waston's be not going anywhere. Right? He better yeah. not go anywhere. Well, this World Cup, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. You never know what happens. Uh, actually, he might be tired after the international games, and then he might sit, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so quickly, for our game plans. I My game plan is... Get the ball to Davies over the top, and hopefully he can look for Kamara. That's my hope. Uh, predictable, and I would agree with that. Okay. <laughs> Gideon, <laughs> yeah, sit back, counterattack as we normally do. Okay, it's we. I think to be like we're a good counterattacking team. To be a great counterattacking team, we need two threats. Right now, we have one. <laughs> we mm-hmm. have Davies who can do that. Kamara, like yeah, you can throw paint at the wall and some mm-hmm. middle stick. But I think we need like another. We needed the other winger to really contribute if we're going to be like a great, great road team. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, just before we move on to the final uh, part of the show, let's go through our lineups. In goal, Morenovic. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay, left back. We're going with De Jong. Yeah. Looked yes. pretty good against uh, LA. Yeah. Um, center back, we just had that discussion. I think it's going to be Waston and Aha, or I hope it's going to be Waston yeah. and Aha. Uh, Nick? Waston and Mond. Yeah. Uh, Gideon? Yeah, I was going to say Watson and Mond just because Mond is a little bit like less taller than Aha. Uh, I think they only have one real threat attacking in Zardes, so I think Watson and Mond need to be a little bit faster. Okay. Uh, right back, Nerwinski. I'm not sure on um, Franklin's fitness, but I think Nerwinski has yeah, a I think to lose. Nerwinski, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so now it gets interesting in the central midfield. I went for a 4-2-3-1 um, instead of a 4-1-4-1 because you can match the shape uh, defensively, when you're playing a four-two-three-one against a four-two-three-one, mm-hmm. um, instead of the four-one-four-one, where like you you might have in the attacking midfield, you might get outnumbered mm-hmm. if you're if you're coming back getting into shape. I went with 
Gazelle and Juarez in central midfield. Hmm. I think Juarez definitely will be there, but Gazelle maybe not fitness wise. Felipe okay. maybe. I like. Did you guys like Felipe sitting deeper against LA? Ah, uh, I liked. Yeah. It. I liked it because he can he can pick a pass. Yeah, you mean he can pick a key pass. He can pick a key pass. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Nick, did you have a four-two-three-one or? A four, yeah, two, I had a four-two-three-one. Okay, Gideon. Yeah, four-two-three-one. Okay, and your central midfielders are. Torres and Tybert. Oh, mm. Tybert back in hopefully. Attacking midfield, I had Felipe because 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 Gazelle was back there with Juarez. Mm-hmm. Attacking midfield for you, Nick. I was gonna put uh, Reina there. Okay. I know he can get out and run, and I hope you know maybe putting him in the center might spark him a little bit. You know. Yeah. Instagram? I think that was absolutely nothing. He was where was that the one where he was like uh, nothing yeah, personal business as usual. The, the week, like the Monday of a game week. Oh really? Okay, that that, was kind of weird. that I didn't see. Okay, mm. uh, who do you have in attacking midfield, Gideon? Uh, Felipe. Felipe. Okay, left wing Davies. Mm-hmm. Yes. And right wing, I put Reina. I put Shay. Shay. Okay. Ivini. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Up front, Kamara. Yeah. Good. Uh, Gideon? Yeah, okay, uh, that's a good idea, actually. You've heard what we have to say. Um, let's have a look at what's coming out from inside of the camp. Michael had a quick cha- chance to have a chat with Jordan Much the other day at training. So let's have a quick listen in on Jordan Much chatting to Michael McCall. Jordan, you've had a, a few weeks now to, to settle in. How, how do you feel you've settled into the team? Yeah, I feel like I've settled in nicely. Um, I've been here a month. Um, I'm enjoying every day. The more minutes and, and game time I've, I've played, you know, I'm starting to get used to the, the team, the players around me. Yeah, it's been great. It's, it's been a, a good first month. And you've had a couple of appearances on the road and, and then at home at the weekend there. You've had some long road trips to, to set off. You've got Columbus now coming up. I, I spoke to you when you first came here about the travel, but now that you've experienced it, how, how have you found that? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's just travel at the end of the day. We, we have enough to, time to prepare for the games and we've got a great medical staff here to to make sure our bodies are prepared and, and, and good, ready to go. Um, Hopefully this is, you know, um, the, the last really long, long trip. You know, we've had them quite early yeah. in, in a small, small space of time. Um, but, yeah, it's been fine. I'm, I'm enjoying, um, you know, travelling, seeing these different places and, and, and playing against these different teams. Is there anything that you've seen so far that surprised you about MLS? Um, yeah, just how even the, the, the teams are and how open it is to... Anyone can beat anyone, um, and I think really consistency is is key in this this league to do well. And the atmospheres as well. I mean, Atlanta. Not every stadium is going to be like that, but I mean that that was a fantastic atmosphere. You've experienced the home crowd now. Mm. How do you compare that to, to what you used to back home? The atmospheres in in all the stadiums have been been really good. Um, I, I would say it's, it's very similar. It's obviously a a, a different atmosphere here in terms of the entertainment side of um, how it is 
um, you know, with the big screens, the, the loud noises, horns that are going off and all that kind of crazy stuff. Um, but the atmosphere has been, been brilliant and I really enjoy um, playing in front of the, the crowds, and especially at BC Place. Is there anything that you're missing so far from back home? Well, the, the weather's the same here, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Uh, there's, to be honest, there's, there's not much I'm missing from back home. Obviously, it's it's hard being away from family and friends, you know, because you don't get to to see them every day like I used to. Um, but apart from that, I'm I'm loving life in Vancouver. Like when you were like a kid back in the UK, like who did you grow up supporting? Who was your team back there? Um, I, I I grew up playing for. Derby County so I, was, I obviously went to the, the Derby games and, and, and supported them um, but my mum was a, a United fan, my United fan so I've always kind of you know, <laughs> had a little bit of United but I'm more of a neutral now, I like just watching good football. And are you keeping tabs on how Palace are doing this year? Yeah obviously I look at, look at the results you know, but I'm, I'm focused on Vancouver Whitecaps um, and I, I want to do my best here and hopefully this team can do well this year. What are you looking forward to or what are you expecting heading into to Columbus now at the weekend? Um, hopefully that we're, we're leaving with three points um, come Saturday and, and that we put on a, a, a good performance. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, John. Nice Cheers. Hey, it's Stefan Rinovich, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Okay, to our last section we go. It's the prediction game. So every week, uh, we each make three predictions, and you get a point if you get one of them right. Last week, Nick said that the Caps as a team would have 20 dribbles. They had 15 in the end. Uh, he said that there would be one goal before halftime. There was no goals at any point in that game. And <laughs> <laughs> he said that the, the team would have a pass accuracy of 80%. And they turned out to have 77%, but because there was no decimal point on the website I looked at, we gave it to him because it's within 2.5 or 3%. So that's a really impressive uh, <laughs> impressive uh, like point there. Um, Gideon said that Nerwinski would have four crosses. He had six crosses in the end. He said that the Caps would score a set piece. There was no goals. And that Aha or Mond would make an error. And there was no clear error that we could really see, so we didn't... There's some debate. <laughs> there was a, there was a short debate about uh, that Boateng chance, but I think uh, Ah's only mistake was that he wasn't a foot shorter and a little bit faster. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Gideon was 0 for three last week. I said that Kamara would hit the woodwork. Uh, he did not. I said that Sebastian Legette would get a yellow card. That didn't happen either. I said that there would be less than four LA corners, and there was three. So I got one point. So the season standings are uh, myself at five points, Gideon with four points and nick with three points so from from the early season it's really really tightened up a little bit so let's get your predictions for this week nick okay so i have higuain will get two shots on target okay mond will win five aerial battles okay and the whitecaps as a team will have 22 tackles one okay tackles one yeah okay gideon interesting uh i have mond gets the yellow Okay. Kamara with four shots. Okay. And Marcel Dion with three crosses. Mm. Good. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Dion yellow card. I think that uh, Juarez will have a pass accuracy of around 
And I think that... Oh, I'm coming up with these on the spot. Um, <laughs> I think that Felipe will have more than one key pass. Ooh. Going for Nick's key pass. Key pass. Uh, <laughs> they're they're in now. Key passes are in, in many ways. Key passes are more fun than goals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much um, for listening to the AFTN preview podcast. Um, let's let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter, Gideon. Myself on Twitter at GideonHell18. And Nicholas uh, at SpaceAgeRobot56. And you can find me at Joe DC Van. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you have any questions for next week, please get in touch with us and enjoy the game. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, friendly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?